Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. For anyone who loves renovation, wants to save money, and to learn the best tips and tricks of the industry. And now, your host, three times award winner of leading renovation website, House, and over 15 years in the industry, renovating just over 200 properties, James Woodham. Hello and welcome to uh, this episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. I thought it would be a really good idea to get a builder on and um, I've got Rob the Builder. His, his actual company name is Rob the Builder, based in Essex. Uh, so Rob, welcome to the Renovation Podcast. How are you? Yeah, hi James, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. No worries, no worries. Just before we was um, going on to this episode, uh, you were telling me that you rushed off your feet and you got... Uh, plenty of work going on right now. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Going, uh, it's a bit. Things are going a bit sort of crazy at the <laughs> minute. They sort of uh, everything sort of you know started building up towards the end of last year, and I was you know just sort of uh, you know just about managing to cope, and yeah. it seems to have carried on into the new year. So yeah, things are things are moving forward, and I'm looking now to sort of sort of expand my operations, and you know I'm sort of in the the midst of trying to find some new sort of guys to work for me and sort of help me take on all the new projects that are coming up. That's- so. Fantastic. Cool. All right. Listen, I've got a series of questions I just wanted to ask you. Um, we've we've uh, known each other for a little bit of time. We've been talking and I thought it would be good to get yep. one. Um, and I think that our listeners will really benefit from what you've got to say as well. So, okay. um, so first, I just want to know, you know, how did you get in the industry and why did you choose this industry anyway? Um, well, I guess I've always been uh, into sort of, uh, you know, doing things with my hands and, you know, uh, making stuff from a young age. Mm. Um, so I've, I had a small set of tools um, that I was given as a gift from a young age. Uh, and I, I would always kind of make things like small items of furniture and, you know, repairing stuff around the house for my mum, mm. uh, certain things like that. Um, I kind of always used to watch my dad doing bits of DIY around the house and would get involved from a young age. Uh, so, you know, it, it came quite naturally to for me to do them kind of things. So I guess I always knew uh, I was going to get a trade as I, uh, as I grew older. Um, school didn't really interest me too much, although I was kind of, you know, done very well. I was in top sets for most things in school. Mm. It never really interested me. The kind of physical things like PE or, you know, construction design technology we used to do when we used to make stuff, they were the only things that kind of sort of sparked my interest if you like so yeah um you know as soon as i you know i got out of school a bit early as soon as i could i was uh, straight into college doing a bricklaying course and uh yeah i never sort of looked back really yeah i think um, i mean i i you're when you tell me that it just reminds me of my past and like how we started right. my, my dad actually used to be doing tiling when when right. he was younger. and i always remember him going out and um and working doing things with his hands and stuff like that and although I didn't get into the industry immediately, it's, it's yeah. how you get into it. I think, yeah. you know, like you said, you, you studied uh, and you've done very well anyway, uh, academically. Um, yeah. I just think that, like, maybe builders are built with this stigma that they didn't do well at school, so they ended right. up down that route. And I don't think that's necessary. You know, I think that it's a really good point that you've said you've done yeah. very well at school anyway. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think if you, you know, if you actually uh, go on to be a full tradesman, yeah. you know, you've got to have a, you know, high level of skill anyway. So, yeah. you know, you, 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 you know, academically, whatever you've learned in school, it's kind of irrelevant to most of the stuff, apart from, say, maybe maths and, and whatnot. You know, there's not much really that you would necessarily apply to a trade as such that they teach you in school. But uh, I suppose for myself, it was kind of, it, it, it never really, there was nothing really there that kind of, 
suited me or or fitted what I I could see for my future, you know. So although although I found school quite easy, I've come bored too quickly, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was was, uh, you know never anything to do with intelligence levels or you know whatever. It is it is what it is, you know. It's you 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 know. I mean it's. But, uh, when you go to college, it's it's not like a walk in the park either. You know, you've got a kind of you've got to really sort of knuckle down and uh, study. You know, a lot of it's theory. Um, it's not all just practical side of things. So, you know, you wouldn't you would never have got through college you no. know, if you done done that in the first place. So yeah, and I, I think if you enjoy the industry and you want to get into it and you do want to build things with your hands, yeah, and be creative. Then um, it's it's a great you know industry to go into anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. And it's and there's so many so many avenues. You know, I mean, you can start off as a trade, but it, it's, it takes you down so many avenues and open up so many other paths. Here, you know, you haven't got to kind of ever stick with one thing, as I've, I've kind of proven myself. So yeah, yeah. Okay, and and I mean, in any job, like you have these challenges. You know, you do have your ups and downs. What do you think that the common day challenges of a building, the building trade have, or or a tradesman have? Um, I, f- I think the, uh, the the most sort of common day challenges I face are sort of staying competitive with my prices, um, keeping up to date with ever changing sort of regulations, mm. and uh, I suppose the biggest problem I have from day to day is traffic. So, yeah. um, you know, it takes up a lot of my time. Uh, it, you know, it can cost you a job, uh, well, a number of jobs. You know, if you can't get to there in time, you kind yeah. of they might see you as being unreliable, even though you've kind of kept them posted. Mm. You know, throughout the day, it, it, that's probably the biggest. Key killer for me is the is the is definitely the traffic but yeah i, th- I think that's uh, they're, they're the main kind of few uh uh you know problems off our face day to day you know yeah i i mean especially in the uk like with the traffic it's been it's getting quite dense now and yeah um, definitely <laughs> it, it does take a long time and you i think you don't you start off with thinking like you you, you wake up in the morning you want a good eight hour day and then you don't achieve it because you're in traffic so much is would, would that be fair in saying that oh uh, definitely i mean what what the way i try and overcome it is um i, I mean i cover such a lot wide area mm. um so I, I kind of book my week out geographically so i may be in one area from one day another area another day you know so north london one day south london another day west right. london another day, you know so on and so forth but I, I try and get up so early in the morning that I'll, I'll beat the traffic to the right. first job. And then by the time I've done the first job, you beat the rush hour. And then hopefully, you know, you can't always predict accidents and whatever no. else that can hold you up. But I try and plan it in such a way that, that you know, you can overcome it. But it, it, it does work to a certain extent, but not every day. So, no. you know, you can find yourself, you could leave, you could leave really, you know, finish work late one day, you come back on the M25. You, there's been an accident you're sitting in traffic for two hours and you're not getting home till 10 o'clock at night still so <laughs> it's, it's not a perfect science but i, I do try so if, if, in those situations situations like you're in the van and you're in like miles of traffic have you gone yeah. have you ever thought my god why did i ever choose this industry? <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah regularly yeah yeah, yeah. regularly it's, it's enough to make you you know feel like you want to quit but right. by the time you've gone home and had a sleep you're, you're back at you're it back again the next day anyway so yeah <laughs> Cool. Okay. Um, I was just thinking, like, in my past experience, um, I was declined just many builders. You know, you declined many jobs um, as well as getting many jobs as well. Um, And then you find that you're called back a month later from the person that declined you uh, to correct someone else's mistakes. And um, or I've even seen jobs posted where someone has said, um, can you come in and correct a builder's mistake? And I just think, like, 
like to avoid homeowners getting ever in that situation anyway, I'm sure they don't wish to get in it. Um, what, what, in your opinion, what do you think could prevent them from falling in that trap? Um, I, f- I, f- I think, uh, I mean, the main sort of reason uh, I- I've found that people have sort of gone down that road um, is that if, if especially with landlords, etc., they you know they're trying to keep their costs down, mm. um, you know, uh, due to you know whatever reason that they may be, it may be different from area to area. But with a lot of the landlords I deal with, they'll try to sort of keep their costs to to a minimum. So whether that's putting, uh, you know, installing something that's slightly cheaper or finding uh, a cheaper labour cost from somewhere, and they'll tend to go with that thinking they're going to save a bit of money they tend to find out it's a false economy and then they come back to say myself yeah uh, and you know you may have already warned them of this but they didn't take your advice and they you know they've kind of thought about it afterwards in hindsight and they come back to you and get you to correct the work but uh, I, do, I do tend to you know i will tend to help people out as much as possible but you know it, it in certain instances you know if someone's done such a bad job you know you kind of hands are tied you know you've, you've they've kind of done the most part of the work and you're kind of left with the rubbish at the end of it to put it right you know and it's cost wise to make it financially viable for me it probably wouldn't benefit the land or now sometimes you know you give them a price they may go for it um but you know, it, for, for actually bearing in mind, they've lost a lot of money paying out for a bad job. Mm. Now, now to correct it, it may cost almost the same amount as it would have done in the first place because you're pretty much undoing someone else's work and starting again. Yeah. Um. You know, so I think the best the best thing to do is not always go with the cheapest cheapest price. You know. Yeah. Um. And the other the other thing is obviously you know recommendations a lot of lot of jobs i've lost a few jobs lost one recently where uh i priced for a heating install um i advised them not to go with a certain type of boiler uh and you know they said they was getting a few quotes which is you know fine by me i tend to win nine out of ten sort of heating jobs i go for okay uh and they come back to me with a you know quite a, quite a lower price and uh i was a bit shocked and i sort of asked them you know do you mind sort of telling me what what kind of make boiler and whatever else and it turns out it was, it was actually getting a cheaper boiler not a better price and they was going on recommend now obviously this guy may, may be fine he may do the job well but what i've found in the, in the past is people have gone on recommendation but the people that recommended them hadn't actually had any work done by them before or they'd done a smaller job or, or a job that was irrelevant to the, the task at hand okay. for a new job you know mm-hmm. so um yeah so it's you know it's, it's always good word of mouth is always good and recommendations always good but it's you know don't you know don't just take it at face value maybe sort of look into to things a bit bit more yourself and definitely do not go for the cheapest price available (laughs) yeah okay all right good some good advice there um okay so again like with competition being fierce like especially in london anyway and and i'm sure in parts of essex as well but the minute a job is posted you're getting tons of people applying for it um and you know what do you think is like the what what would make um a good what makes a good builder that's what i'm trying to say it's like what makes a good builder? Uh, um what makes a good builder i think obviously you've got to be uh you know you've got to enjoy the uh, enjoy the work you're doing you know um if you're if you're undertaking a task and your your heart's not in it um you're not really going to be you know you're not going to be achieving the best sort of end result uh, possible um so it's um 
it's always it's always uh it's always you know if you, if you're going to do something you love then you know it's best you throw your heart and soul into it you know and then yeah. when you finish the job you you kind of you know you you get job satisfaction out of it so uh i'd say that was definitely the first thing just to you know make, you know make sure you're doing something that 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 uh, sparks your interest and that you love doing okay um having having a sort of a wide knowledge of the job at hand whether that's comes under regulations or you know the materials you're using the right tools for the job that kind sure. of thing um and yeah I, I, I think uh i think i think you know obviously in, and, and everything else just comes down to experience you know so yeah if you you know if you've been in the game for for quite a while then uh yeah, that's that's that, that you know you, that that kind of experience comes with that. So, um, would you say keeping a cool head? You know, because there's sometimes uh, you get into a situation where it's not gone yeah, quite I right. Th- yeah, I, th- I think obviously you know there are some testing times out there and some testing customers. Um, it's it's always good to kind of take things with a pinch of salt. Yeah, um, and you know just you know take you know. Bearing, bearing in mind that sometimes, you know, the, the jobs they're taking on, if they're like full house refurbs, things like that, they're very stressful for the customer. You've got to kind of understand that you're in their domain, you know, you're kind of disrupting them, even though they're the ones that want the work done. Um, you've kind of got to have a bit of empathy for what they're going through at the time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so good, good patience, kind of not taking things too personally, just, you know, separating your work from your personal kind of feelings is uh, is definitely something uh, w- which will, will help you be a good builder, definitely. Cool. Good. Um, and what's been the most amazing job that you've done? I'm sure there's been a few. Um, I, I suppose in terms of uh, enjoyment, uh, the most amazing job I've done recently was uh, – uh, well, it turned into a full house refer, but we, we started off with a small – few smaller jobs uh and then the guy got a bit carried away and he kind of you know went from one job to the next but before you know it we was doing a full sort of internal and external house refurbishment um but the guy was you know he was he was such an easygoing guy uh very understanding of you know that not everything runs smoothly you're gonna you're gonna uncover things that are unexpected Mm. um there's gonna be certain extra jobs that kind of pop their head up and uh yeah he was he, you know he, he was very understanding of all that um you know if, if any of my guys were ever late for any reason we kept him posted um he didn't give us any trouble for any of that sure. and uh yeah he just he guy just had a really good sense of humor um kept our spirits up while we while we went through the job um and yeah he just uh he was really pleasant to all my guys he tipped them all at the end um i can't remember if he actually tipped me though but he tipped all my guys he tipped all my guys all the way through the job but i still got my i still got paid in full and yeah we, we're still on good terms he's uh i actually have my my dad was doing a few small bits around there for him because my dad sort of works for me now uh, and uh, he, he um there was a a small it was a, like a mop some kind of newfangled mop thing that he was using to to uh ec the customer cleaning with my dad mentioned you know oh, that's amazing where'd you get that from and next thing you know the customer had sent him one ordered it on amazon and sent it to his home address oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah no so yeah it's, it's really it's nice to you know when a customer comes along like that it kind of picks your spirits up and yeah yeah it reminds you why you're in why you're in the industry in the first place. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, there's there's you know, there can be some sort of hairy moments on 
on jobs yeah. where you kind of you start losing faith a little bit. But you know when you know when a job's done and you, you can step back and everyone's happy. And he he was over the moon. It's you know that the end results is the main kind of goal. So yeah, that sounds like everyone's ideal customer to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, he's pretty good. Brilliant. I've I've had an, I've had a number of good customers, but he, he definitely ticks all the boxes. So yeah, um, yeah, I, and I, I suppose in terms of. Uh, financially amazing um you know I've, I've i've had quite you know a number of uh, sort of good jobs that have paid well but um i kind of took over a, a maintenance sort of contract for a big estate agent out in the city mm. and uh you know generally day to day we was earning more money on call outs and whatever else you know it's all new territory to me because never really worked out in the city before um but i ended up being out there for pretty much two years straight every day day and night and um, there was, yeah, there's, uh, you know, certain occasions where I've been handed jobs that had already been priced by other contractors um, and they'd sort of either, you know, done one or turned down the work in the end, but they, they kind of had the budget for the job already set. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd kind of do like a, you know, a day's work or less than a day's work and you'd kind of pull in quite a few thousand pounds off of it because that was what the job job was worth, you know, priced that. So finan- financially, yeah. you know, that was pretty amazing at the time and it helped push the business forward quite a bit. Um, and it made up for all the sort of late nights and early mornings I was doing out there for them. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and I guess, uh, yeah, the last thing is in term, terms of uh, uh, being interesting would be, uh, again, working up the city again, you know, sort of often worked in sort of celebrities' homes or, you know, uh, fam, family members of celebrities, a few small sort of politicians and well-known sort of businessmen that started up, or even, I say businessmen, they were, they were, some of them were young guys that just barely, barely entrepreneurs. out of their teens that started up, you know, um, certain websites and things like that. And that was like multi-millionaires and, you know, they bought these properties in the sea and, you know, whatever else. So, you know, it's quite kind of interesting and, you know, to see how, how the other half live kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You know, really, really sort of uh, uh, big, big properties. Some of some were small, but very expensive properties. And mm. it was nice to see what people had kind of done with these small spaces where, you know, space is a bit of a premium out there. Yeah. And they try and cram a lot in, but it kind of, the space kind of works well, you know, and it's, it kind of gives you good good ideas for, for other jobs. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. And did you ever feel like nervous working in, um, you know, those kind of valued po- uh, properties? Uh, I, I, do you know what? I didn't. Um, I was very, very aware that some of these properties were, uh, you know, expensive, expensive materials, expensive flooring. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I was, you know, pretty confident within myself that I could, I could carry out the work to a high yeah. standard. You, you, you are very more conscious of, uh, you know, with every job, you know, you're, you're protecting things, protecting floors, yeah. you know, protecting, you know, uh, furniture around you and that. But they're, they're, I suppose psychologically when you're in these places and you're very aware that they're multi-million pound places with very mm-hmm. expensive stuff in them, yeah. you're, quite, you're kind of uh, not on edge but kind of very, very more aware from every yeah. second. You don't become complacent in them kind of places. you Because no. if, if you make a mistake or you do damage something or, you know, if it's, you know, if you're dealing with water, electrics and, yeah. you know, if, you know, you're in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know, hope, hope that doesn't leak, <laughs> you know, hope that doesn't, you know, overnight, <clears throat> sort of, uh, you know, goes wrong that it was unexpected. But yeah, other than that, no, I was, I was, you know, pretty confident out there. Um, and, and everyone was happy with me. So yeah, I, I can, it was all good. Yeah. I mean, just imagine like fitting some a product that's really expensive. Yeah. You, you think, right, phone off. No one talk to me. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it is. And even even with tolls, you know, some of the tolls, you know, yeah. you could you do you hundred pound, two hundred pound for one toll in in certain properties, things like that. just absolutely crazy kind of stuff. And you you know, you drop it, you chip it. It's it's on you. You That's know, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and what's been the worst job? you've you've ever like you wish you never started <laughs> um yeah i mean there's probably been there's been a few that are you know midway through i just thought never again but um I, the worst job was another recent kind of job it was another house refurb um actually not too far from the last one we done actually okay um but it was uh the you know the, the husband and wife were even not communicating. I mean, it all started off lovely when I first went round there. Mm. All very friendly, very easy going. Thought, you know, well, I'm actually going to enjoy working here. Um, and it became very apparent from an early stage that they were going to be very awkward. And it was a husband and wife sort of combo. Um, the husband was home all day, retired. The wife was out of work, and he was constantly watching us, constantly over our back, constantly telling us how to do things or asking us why we're doing things a certain way. Um, he'd asked my guys to kind of do things in a way that wasn't part of the quote or wasn't necessarily right. how we do things. They'd come and query at me. I'd say, well, if the customers ask for that, you know, we'll give them that. I'd okay it with, with that particular customer. <laughs> and then the wife would come home and say, why is that done like that? And mm. he'd say, well, I never told them to do that. And then I'd have to go back and say, well, yeah, you did tell me that. And it was a bit of, no, I didn't, you know, <laughs> it was right. very, very childish. And then, you know, when when something, you know, I'd, I'd dispute something or I'd refuse, look, I'd say, you know, you've told us to do it this way. That's that's how we've done it now. We're not going to change it now. Uh, you know, at first we was, but then it, when it got to the point where I thought I was taking a mick a bit, I sort of stamped my feet in a little bit. And then they started playing the good cop, bad cop thing where, you know, he'd, he'd be honest, you know, trying to force us into doing something. She'd be like, you know, very understanding. And can you do it this way? What about if we compromise? And it was, it was a very awkward job and it, he made it that way every, every day. And it got right. to the point where he was making threats against me financially and threats against my guys. And uh, he, he just made the whole job very impossible to work in, but be it me being me, didn't want to walk away, didn't want to give up, um, carried on. We just pursued all the way through it and I took it on the chin, but it, it still carried on going long after the job was done. You know, they give us a snagging list, which you, you get at the end of the job. I've got my own snagging list that they can fill out and, and you know, we sign off at the end. We completed all the snagging. They was happy with it. They paid us in full. About a month later, we, we got we're hit with a huge snagging list and you know some of the things on there uh there was a couple of bits we missed i will hold my hands up to there's a couple of you know bits of painting that we maybe missed cause due to lighting whatever you know so yeah more than happy to go back and sort that out but then it was you could kind of see this was a spiteful snagging list this was them trying to get as much as they can out of us and okay. still trying to bully us into doing things um and I, f I think one of the main things that sticks in my head with the whole job was that we quoted to paint the house internally top to bottom uh in a magnolia vinyl and you know as we was getting to the point we'd already plastered everywhere we'd, we'd whitewashed everywhere we was ready to paint mm. and he said well why are you painting it magnolia we wanted wallpaper and then they did the good cop bad cop thing again to yes, us. God. and and being being that um, with sort of checker trade and, and whatever else you kind of based it's based on reputation and feedback yeah. and they, they could have you know you kind of got it in the back of your head god they can they can throw you under the bus here no, and you, you know and and yeah and it's and, and even though it's not our fault even though i've got you know proof in the emails and text messages that we 
they never asked for it. They were yeah. never quoted for it and they accepted the quote and we, they signed one of my contracts. Um, I still, the agreement was, I said, well, you pay for the wallpaper. We'll do the work. And we done the work, you know, yeah. and it, it, it cost me a lot of, I still had to pay my guys extra. Yeah. It cost me a lot of money, but in hindsight, I wish I'd dug my heels in more and just refused, you know? Mm. Um, but you know, you live and learn, I guess. Yeah. And you, you are up against that fear, aren't you? Cause if someone leaves you bad feedback and, um, it's been done spitefully, um, yeah, it it can really, I think, um, maybe like, you know, builders might think this, but if people are looking potentially to hire you and they yeah. see a negative feedback, then it's like, they just run a, run a mile. And, yeah. um, but I, I, I like, I would like to think that it's balanced. I think that you can't always have good feedback. No. Um, and no. there are going to be some negatives and I think it just makes the decision for the customer to make a, an informed decision anyway. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think when I got my first ever bad feedback, I mean, it was it was something again. Was it was down to the customer. It was down to uh, uh, a fault from a previous builder that we went over the top of. We had to we had to sort of do extra works because of it, but it wasn't in the quote. But they didn't want to pay it, and they didn't want us to do it. And it was only a minor sort of painting job that was mm. that was left out of all the other jobs we'd done that they was happy with, uh, and they left me a bad feedback over that. And you know, I've, I've kind of proved you know uh, to the right people that you know it, this wasn't down to us, but they still allowed them to to print it yeah. i got my right to reply but that that one kind of stung a bit because that was my first one well uh, other than that, i'd had okay. a perfect sort of 10 10 out of 10 score for everything for yeah. for a couple of years you know but once you get past that and you realize you know life goes on and the business yeah. goes on and the customers still keep coming and you know i even had customers since then sort of comment on that and so i did notice that and they you kind of tell them about it and they kind of they kind of go well yeah you know you get people like that don't you you can kind of see that Mm. you know you you uh, you you know you can't have you know i've got over 500 positive feedbacks now but you know at the time maybe it's a couple of hundred they're they're saying you know you can't have 200 people that are right and this one this or this one person's right and all the other 200 are wrong you know so and that's it so i kind of you know i'll just take it i I roll with a punch now if i if i do get a bad feedback for anything um you know it's i'll just I'd mainly assume it was unwarranted because I know that I would do the best uh, to my ability to kind of get the job done how they want it. Yeah. And if there are any discrepancies or any problems, I will do my best to correct that for them. So yeah. it's, it's uh, I think I've got about two or three bad feedbacks and they, they are mo- mostly sort of spiteful because they didn't get their own way right. when they were, they were trying to push for something that they wasn't due to get kind of thing, you know? So, okay. All right. Um, what's, the most daily worries that a builder has do you think um i think uh the daily worries um i guess again getting getting to my jobs on time due to traffic yeah uh or other jobs overrunning you know you never know what you're going to be faced with sometimes you know some of the easiest looking jobs can turn into you know you can open a can of worms and they could they could be the biggest biggest headaches going but um i suppose you know that's one of the main things just just you know is timekeeping and i I suppose that's the only thing i ever get kind of marked down on is timekeeping um but that's not down to me being unreliable it's it's kind of you know we we keep the customers informed all the way through the day and we we text the metas when we're on the way yeah we try and give them a good couple of hours warning if we feel like the job's going to have to be cancelled uh it doesn't happen all the time but it does happen um but i think that's 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 my biggest worry is just letting people down i don't like to let people down um i don't you know, I'd never want anyone to think I was unreliable. And, and on the whole, people, people are quite understanding, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the main thing for me. Um, the other thing is obviously, you know, cash flow, keeping on to- um, receiving payments from customers, keeping your cash flow healthy mm. uh, and keeping on top of, 
uh, all your existing jobs as well as all the new jobs that are coming in all the time, you know. So it's, it's, it becomes a bit of a juggling act. Um, and you know, you've got to kind of, I'm getting, getting to the point now where I can kind of, instead of taking on too much and overloading myself, when I know I'm getting to that point now, I'm, I'm knowing what the next move is, is to, yeah. you know, to delegate the work to other people, yeah. uh, you know, hand out jobs to other people or, you know, if, if you know you've got too much work on, don't overload yourself, you know, turn down some work. You know, if you, if you just be honest with people, if you, you feel like you're going to be overstretching yourself and then you're, you're going to be rushing about getting, trying to get jobs done, it's, it's, it becomes counterproductive. So it's, it's best, you know, not to do that. It's, it's a hard thing to do for me to kind of turn down work because you kind of, you never know when the next job's coming in or where the next job's going to lead. But mm. if it's going to harm your business by taking on too much work, you know, it's, it's best, best, best not to. So, when you get to that point, you know, that's that's the time where you know you need to either look for some more help with the admin, whether it's someone in the office, yeah. someone taking calls, um, or it's finding new guys to to help, you know, take over some of the tasks you do day to day. So for myself, you know, the plumbing, the electrics, the main trades that I cover, uh, that I'm qualified in, I'll I'll I'm now looking for people to kind of replace me a little bit. Okay. You know? Okay. So they yeah. can build the company. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, can you give our listeners like two tips if they wanted to save money? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the first tip would be to, to shop around. Um, you know, it's always good to look around for bargains online. Um, you know, again, always do your research on the product you're buying. So, you know, if, if it's got a brand name or, you know, it's a particular product, do, you know, do, do a bit of a uh, you know, looking, checking the reviews actually from, you know, so if you was buying something from eBay, mm. you can look for that product online from an, from another merchant and then look for some reviews on it. You know, you're buying a quality product. Uh, but if you're getting it at a cheaper price on eBay or, you know, Gumtree or, or one of these other companies, then, uh, yeah, it's always good to shop around. There's always some good bargains out there. Um, and, and I guess. The, the other thing is uh, obtaining sort of a, you know, quotes from, uh, you know, f- from a few builders rather than going for the first quote you come across, just obtain a few cu- cu- quotes for the, for the same job from various contractors, uh, and then sort of weigh it up, you know. I think gut, gut instinct's always uh, a good thing to go on, you know. If you, you meet someone and they give you a good feeling, you get a good vibe from them, that's always a good key point. Mm. But obviously money talks, but, you know, you're going to, generally speaking, when you get prices you'll get one really cheap one you'll get one really expensive one and you may get a few in somewhere so it's always good to go sort of mid-road if they're if they're very expensive quotes um they're they're very expensive for a reason the company's either got too many overheads or they don't know what they're quoting for or they don't want the job and they're overpricing it and if they get the job they're covered anyway because you know they they're 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 gonna earn well out of it whatever they do with it so yeah yeah do you think it's always worth um uh, if 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 a homeowner looks at a quote and thinks it's a bit too high, um, yeah. but they really do want to go with that builder o- over the other two that they've chosen, they've yeah. that. What do you think the best way is to approach something like that? Um, I mean, maybe maybe go maybe just obviously go. You know, I mean, if it's myself, you know, and a, com- uh, a customer approached me and said your quote's too high, but we would like to go for you. Um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd kind of you know be very honest with them and say, well, look, I'll break down a quote from this is this is why it's so high you know this is this is why what we charge for this this is what we charge for that get them to break it down mm. now if, if the if the builder has a problem breaking the quote down for you uh and he doesn't want you to see what the prices are for each individual job as such then you know that would ring ring alarm bells you know mm-hmm. they, they, they don't want you to see 
ceiling prices for a good reason so yeah. uh yeah definitely definitely uh approach the company and and speak to them you know i mean i've i've i've, I've been the highest uh you know the highest quote on a yeah. few jobs over in my time uh sometimes it's a bit shocking to me because i try and really stay competitive with my price and i tend to find i'm sort of i am mid-road on but i'm i'm i tend to be one of the lowest ones i'm not a giant company i've, I've not got massive overhead so i can stay really competitive at a minute yeah. um and yeah, if if I've been been the highest quote, I've still won the job. Um, they've not really asked me why. They've just said they like the way I present myself. They like all the good reviews. Yeah. You know, they or you know, if they've had a recommendation, they've seen other work I've done, or they've seen pictures of my work. Um, uh, and and in the same respect, I've had people that have not even bothered going for other quotes. They just say, look, Rob, we you know whatever your price is, basically we're going for you. <laughs> gut instinct, and, like you say. Yeah, 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 it's gut instinct. And I mean, in, uh, I wouldn't advise customers to. Uh, to tell their builder um uh that they're, they're going to go through whatever the quote is because you're basically sort of you know giving them a blank check <laughs> uh, you know and yeah. yeah and so yeah so, you know some builders might take that and run with it but you know I'll, I'll, I'll still price a job as i would normally regardless of you know them giving me that information but it's yeah. it's nice to know that you know what whatever i'm doing seems to be working it seems to be grabbing people's attention and people feel comfortable and safe going with my company so Brilliant. And I mean, on your first tip about like um, getting bargains on materials and stuff like that, yeah. do you think sometimes it's it's worth just letting the builder buy the product? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's when 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 you shop around for stuff uh, online, um, you know, you've got to make sure. I guess all the all the parts are there. Um, you've also got to remember that to return the products may be a bit more difficult than you know from a shop or from a merchant, or whatever. So that's that's the only downside of things. You know, you you are saving money in one respect. If it doesn't work out well, you're going to pay for a note for it. So uh, it's I, I'm I'm. I'm you know, I'm happy for my customers to buy their own bathroom suites and, you know, uh, tiles. We generally, when we quote for jobs, a lot of the times the customer's not 100% sure on what they're going to get, but they still want the quote. But we can't quote for the materials if they don't know what they want. So we tend to leave things like coloured paints out, tiles, we leave bathroom suites out until they chose it. And then sometimes they'll come back to me and say, this is the kind of thing we're looking for. Can you get a price for us and let us know how much that'll be? And we're glad to do that. Um, nine times out of 10, though, they'll, they'll see see something online, they'll order it or they'll go to the you know the tile tiles yeah. merchants tiling merchant and they'll order the tiles there and then they see what they like they we give them the meterage that they need and yeah they go for it there but yeah it's you, you got some pitfalls i suppose if you if you're getting a bargain on something um unless it's sort of ex stock and there's surplus materials that kind of thing mm. uh, i suppose you're if you're buying one of a kind or or something that's uh X stock and it's not available anymore you you may not be able to sort of replace it for a like for like you know yeah i mean just keeping along with the tile um uh idea you know like it, I, I think some homeowners might just think that tiling is tiling and that's yeah. it and that you know that it's going to be a cost no matter what that material is but what? i mean you know i know that there is a big difference in the type of tiles that people choose and the cost therefore yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, obviously different tiles, um, you know, different size tiles, different type of tiles. Uh, some are harder to cut, some are harder to drill through. That can yeah. add extra labour labor costs on. Yeah. Um, it also, different adhesives for certain types of tiles, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it can vary. So we, we get a general idea of what they're looking for, um, you know, it, it, as far as 
size wise mosaics and whatever else so we give them the quote yeah uh once they once we, we ask before we start work that they let us know what tiles they're going for and they know ahead of time that it may affect the price slightly but it's never going to be a great deal no. you know it's it's all generally generally you know relative you know it's, it's never going it, to the, the bill's never going to jump up too high yeah. and we're never going to sting them with an extra bill at the end of it everything's sort of done up front so but yeah it's a i think that's something we kind of learned over time even with the bathroom suites and stuff i've quoted before to when i was first starting out this was a quote for a bathroom suite and they just went yeah just you know bath we're just going to get a bath and a shower you know this kind of all standard stuff and uh i didn't really check into it this was many years ago and then when i turned up to do the job it was all singing all dancing <laughs> pipes buried in the wall valves buried in the wall and maybe and mosaic tiles as well oh, and God. you know and yeah it was all all sorts of things little little extras you want and and maybe me at the time as well i just kind of grinned and bared it and sort of you know just, just cracked on so, yeah, yeah <laughs> and i got yeah. it done and it took me to you know obviously didn't earn as much out of it and it took me a bit longer but i come away learning a valuable lesson so and 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 that's kind of kind of how I, you know every, everything everything that's a negative i kind of turn it into a positive so yeah. anything that goes really wrong or even slightly wrong i kind of feel like you know what i've learned something really valuable for that that you can't pay for so yeah i'm sure i'm sure you're always learning on on the job anyway yeah definitely yeah. so okay um all right well we're getting towards the end so um if someone is thinking about starting working in the building trade or setting themselves up with a company or being self-employed. Is there any advice that you'd give them to get started? Um, I think obviously just, just, uh, you know, knowing what your sort of limits are and what you can do, you know, if, if you specify in a certain trade, but you're, you know, quite handy at doing multiple trades. Um, it's not always a good idea to, you know, jump straight in and advertise, say as a builder, if you're a plumber, you know, go out there as a plumber, build mm. up, build up your customers as a plumber. Uh, and if you start progressing and learning more things or you feel more confident to take on slightly bigger jobs or, you know, where, where, you know, so you can go from a plumber that may just install bathroom suites or do the pre plums to doing a, a plumber that can do the, the full bathroom, which includes the tiling and whatever else, which is what I used to do originally. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I suppose knowing, knowing, knowing what your limits are. Uh, don't don't try and take on too much from the get-go um, building up your customer base taking care of your customers um, because you know repeat customer and word of mouth can either make or break you so yeah yeah good some good advice um okay thank you very much last question uh, yeah. i ask everyone this uh, that comes on right. um but you know coming on the podcast and you know giving your advice um, we created this back in June uh, last year. So, um, what do you what do you think of the podcast? What do you think? Uh, uh, what's your opinion in what we're trying to do? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I think it's a really good idea. Um, I wish I'd come across it uh, a lot sooner. Um, it's, it's definitely uh, you know it's, it's going to you know help. Uh, I say property developers, builders, and customers alike, you mm. know. So, uh, you know, being able to come on here myself and give my own advice, you know, it's a good outlet for me to kind of be able to do that. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a good outlet for other trades and, uh, you know, people working in different areas of the building building trade. Uh, and, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's definitely a positive positive move forward, you know. It's, Fantastic. it's kind, of, kind, of, kind of moving forward with the, the, the trend of, 
uh, how people are finding work, how people are looking for builders and whatever else, you know, as far as the, the these, um, you know, like the, the, the feedback websites, like such as the one I'm on. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of people are coming more aware of, uh, you know, the internet. They're becoming more aware of this kind of thing. And it's not kind of a shot in the dark anymore. It's not no. pulling, pulling Pete out of paper, uh, who does a bit of this and a bit of that. <laughs> and then you're kind of finding yourself sort of high and dry. Yeah. Uh, this, this kind of show is doing exactly the same kind of thing that Checker Trade and other things are doing. Um, it's, it's, it's giving people the advice they need and, and the guidance they need. So, Very well put. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Um, okay, Rob, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been a, uh, I really enjoyed this interview. So Yeah, me um, too. Thanks have, a lot. Have a great week. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, I'll hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers, James. Bye. Cheers. Just before you go, we wanted to let you know that the Akiva Toolkit has now launched. What's that, you might say? Well, it's 10 documents that you can go and download for a very small fee, and then it will enable you to bring your project in on time and on budget. We've put these together to make sure it's as simple as it can be, and in return, you will feel supercharged, super confident in managing your project, your self-build, your renovation, anything yourself. They've all been put together by people that have been in the industry for many, many years. And as soon as you download it, you're then in the basket for any updates, any new documents that are issued throughout the time. We will be reviewing it over time and time to get it better and better and better. We would only be able to do that by hearing from yourself. So please leave us any feedback. If you think it's for you or you think this could benefit someone else, that you might know, then please share it. You can go to akivatoolkit.com to find out more information. Thank you very much.